Welcome. We are back. It is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com. I am your host, Brian Beckner. Stoked you are here. Stoked you are joining us for episode 78, part two of our epic Soul Man review. If you haven't had a chance, go back and listen to episode 78, part one, where we broke down the first half, half of the amazing 1986 film Soul Man with See Thomas Howell featured in blackface throughout. It's really, really a, a special moment in cinematic history, and I'm glad that you're spending some time with us to dissect that movie. And just a reminder, if you're new to the program, this is something sort of special we do once in a while as we, we remove, review movies. Um, we, in the past, we've reviewed Karate Kid. Now we've done Soul Man. and we, we will do more movies on occasion in the future, stuff we feel needs to be deconstructed and talked about at length. Um, so I hope you've enjoyed the Soul Man review and come back to the show next week where we'll get back to what we normally do, which is being silly, being the sports show of record, being the pop culture show of record, the dong show of record, all the shows of record. That we're famous for and keep the feedback coming. I'd love to know what everyone thought of the Soul Man review. As always, you can contact us at mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. You can like our Facebook page, Facebook, search the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. You can leave us a voicemail, 949-464-TBLS. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. Um, please do so. Please interact with the show. We love your emails. We love your voicemails. We, we love connecting with you, the listener. So please enjoy this special part two, episode 78, the Soul Man Review, and we will catch up with you with a brand new show next week. Thanks, guys. I thought that was odd. Uh, but so James Earl Jones is calling roll. And as he calls roll, he, everyone's like, here, Stevens here, Johnson here. And then he gets to Mr. Mr. Watson. And how does he reply? Right on. Right on. <laughs> very, very awkward and racist and further determining what, Solidifying that Mark is not a, even an appropriate response. Is a massive douche. No, so dumb. Not present. Not like, here. Just right on. I mean, you can also save is that, that for another is that time. black? Is right on black? Because I feel like I say right on all the time. Is that no, is that, yeah, that, that definitely was once upon. I a time. feel like it was. That was it was a, at some point. That was a yes. bonics. 80s of oh, gotcha. I have a feeling that they did just like the uh, the jogging scene. They probably had other th- other lines that got cut out, and maybe "What it is, bro" was <laughs> right. the first one. Right? What it What it is, my man? What it is, big mama? My mama didn't read no dummy. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the airplane lines. Same with that cover. Yeah. <laughs> some slack, Jack. <laughs> jump don't want the help. Jump and get the help. I have a, I have a question. Do you think? No <laughs> Do you think that they had? An actual real life black person consulting on this movie. No, 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 wow. no black person other than the actors that were in it, the two black people that were in the entire movie. No. Well, the bl- blackest thing about this movie, it was written by a woman whose last name was black. That's right. Who, who, who wrote no other movie before <laughs> or after. That's it. Shocker. So they had Shocker. no one to fact Terrible check. Black. They barely even had the internet. Right. They had didn't. They didn't have. You know how it's like if they platoon, they have like a couple green berets right. and a drill sergeant on, to make sure things from go Homeland, right. Homeland, they have people from the CIA. Yeah, they have CIA people. Right. They they didn't think. Hey, maybe we should have a couple black people here to right. make sure we're doing this properly. She wrote. She wrote. 
She helped create the Wonder Years and the Ellen Show. That's right. Uh, okay, so then after that, he's been invited. He goes to class. He makes a fool of himself there, and then he's been invited to something by Radon Chong, Sarah Watkins. Walk. Walker. Walker. Sarah has as sort of an olive, olive branch. She's like, all right, this guy's new. Like, well, I'll throw him a bone. You know, we got to stick together here. And she, she invites him to something called the BLSA meeting, which is the Black Law Students Association. And Mark, obviously not being black, has no idea what that is. So he asks Gordon – Hey, what what is that all about? And Gordon tells him it's a militant organization. <laughs> so he dresses like a cartoonish Black Panther. Black Panther from the 1960s. <laughs> so good. He looks like a fool. And this is also a really embarrassing racial stereotypical moment. It's true because he he walks in and the the whole the you know, they just look like normal people in I mean, there. This and, is 19 uh, this is 1986. Yes. And it's at Harvard. Right. Why would like, you make that leap? Like, how did you're he, incredibly like, racist? Yeah. Why do you even have those clothes? How did, yes. Where did you get how them from? He, he had to go buy fatigues. He had to use a skull. He had a beret. You dressing like you would dress in the 60s. It's, it's very <laughs> shocking. Um, anything to add from that, guys? Have, have I missed anything? No, you got Was it. there a did, – did we skip the basketball scene entirely or is that – No, that's no we're, not, we're not there yet. That's coming up. That's, that's the next, next okay. part. So uh, – then immediately after this, this Mark guy is not a good dude because despite the fact that he is by his own admission in love with Sarah, he bounces and immediately slays Melora Hardin, Leslie Nielsen's daughter. Like no problem, hops into bed with her, sexes her, boom, quickly. She gets what she wants and that's to make her dad jealous. Um, and then he then he moves on. And this is this is an interesting scene. Now, now hold on a second. I, yeah. I, I have a feeling we're, we're skipping a couple of things, but I, maybe I wrote my notes down in the wrong sequence. I thought the basketball scene happened first, but it doesn't matter because the the maybe the most crucial part about him having sex with her, she takes the movie to maybe the most inappropriate place. I agree. And then I'm it becomes totally. extremely racist. With the, I'm I'm uncomfortable even repeating this line, but I had to write it down because it, it's so. It would never that exist was line, in, in this day and age. It would never exist. So he just gets done having sex with her, right? So they're having that like kind of cigarette moment, lingering after sex, and, and she. Can says, I just say something about the post sex? Yes. Yes. They're, why are they on the floor? They're on. The, they're like, on. The, they're like, half on the bed, I half on the floor. Do people have like really athletic sex where they fall? Well, like eighties movies involved in a lot of movement, right? And right. This like actually all over comes the room. Into play in my life because the first time I I, just, <laughs> I tried to get down, uh, it was it was a problem in high school. I thought like we were supposed to be moving around a lot during <laughs> sex, and I remember the girl being like, "Where? where what? What are you doing? Where are you going?" And I was like, "I don't know. Are we supposed to roll around a little bit?" Oh, like, you're yeah. like picking her you're up like fl- and like yeah. putting. Her I watched too the many wall, of these like- fucking movies where they're rolling around. I mean, <laughs> they left. They left the bed. Even even re- even more shocking is that yeah, they're on the floor, but she's fully dressed. Right. Like I, they, yeah. they just had sex and she's redressed herself quickly. Like, did they have sex with her clothes on? That's a great point that Ed brings up because I remember being, it was off putting watching Bull Durham and that every time Costner and Sarandon yeah, had to be physical, yeah, they were yes. getting Shit. food all over each other and, yeah. and pouring milk. And I'm like, God, I want to clean that up. It's, yes. It just doesn't look yeah. good. But it anyways, re- it really takes you out of the moment. Yes. So uh, inevitably, we all knew that this joke was coming. Ed, she's. she's just had sex with presumably her first black guy. In a movie full of inappropriate uh, racist things, this was probably it probably tops it. She says this to him in post-coital, uh, you know, snuggling. She says, "It was like I could really feel four hundred years of oppression and anger in every single <laughs> pelvic thrust." So good. Which if. You, this is one of those scenes that if this movie had been played as satire would have been fucking hilarious. This this uh, this character actually has some of the best scenes in the movie, but they're the, these are the only satirical scenes in the movie. So continue. That's what she says. And I'm thinking <clears throat> yeah. 
was that supposed to be the punchline? Was that supposed to draw laughter? How could it draw in any scope of time across our millennium anything but cringeworthy looks like uncomfortable feeling in the movie theater? Right. It's it's definitely does not fit. She also alludes to his average. Right. That's right. She goes she goes on to to discuss stereotypes, and she's like, some are fit, some stereotypes work, like like black men being uh, dynamic lovers or something like yeah. that. And she's like, and <laughs> some don't, don't fit. fit. Yeah. And he's like, like what? And she's like, like, you know, the whole penis size thing. And I was like, what? I had to wait this long in the movie to get the penis size joke. I thought, <laughs> I thought there'd be 40 of them. She has to spell it out. Right. And they're like, well, now that we've done the penis size joke, why don't we go for the other black stereotype and go right to the basketball court? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> right. Like, let's let's get let's go break what next do, beat. What's another thing that black people basketball. do? That's right. Play basketball. They're good at basketball. So they bounce out. This is this is really a curious scene. This is a jarring scene. They bounce out to the basketball court who Gordon, who's clearly not an athlete and Mark. Also, apparently not, despite in his first layup attempt, he goes granny and yes. Yes. he goes he goes an underhanded scoop. So clearly, why would he show up at the basketball court they sh- if that's his that's his style of play? They show up and the two it's like intramurals and the two captains, of course, immediately want Mark on their team because obviously you're not not a lot of black guys are walking into the gym to play hoop intramural hoop and at the Harvard. Whole gag here is that they're fighting over him they, because they, okay he's and these black. they start right, fighting. And these two captains are both wearing full sweatpants. Uh, one like is I said, shorts one has on shorts top over. Yes, that was an eighties thing. People used to put sh- they, and all all of their shirts are tucked in. Why would, Everyone. Why would and they it, have the shortest shorts? Why would on? you wear so much fleece to play basketball? You want to wear the the loosest fitting coolest. I feel like clothing. it was a thing to get and really they, sweaty and they, have your sweatshirt like your hoodie all soaked in sweat. Shorts what, over sweatpants. What purpose could that serve? When was the last pickup know. game you had that where you had pennies? Right. It was. They're all. They're. They're well equipped with pennies. Yes. Like not shirts and go, skins. Not shirts and skins, or just like let's just keep track of who's on our team. I was confused. No, they're, they're all in pennies. I was yes. confused why he showed up to play okay. basketball. If he two, had no. Skills. Let's get. Let's get to that. That's. Right. A, that's. That's. The, that's what the big takeaway from the scene. Point. But first, we need to. We need to. We need to touch on something that happened. There's two guys there. There's two captains of the teams. And the one guy, his fucking dad is the president of the United States. The actor that oh, plays right. one of the team captains is freaking Ron Reagan Jr., whose dad was the president of this, the United States at the time they filmed crazy. this movie. What it, what? Jason, it, you, it you just, texted I mean, earlier about this. Yeah. Could you imagine in, in this? I mean, a couple things. No. First of all... It doesn't take uh, an, an acting coach or someone that's nuanced in the in the world of, of theater to realize that obviously this is why Ron Reagan Jr. was never an actor after this. Right. He's he's an abominable actor. He's terrible. And, and this secondly, is this is from a professional actor. Jason Stewart. Yeah, that's right. Has he's starred in many actor. lifetime okay. movies. Secondly, could you imagine in this day and age the son of the sitting president doing a such an inappropriate movie where the premise of the movie is a white guy in blackface where there's horrible racism and inappropriateness throughout. There would be a shitstorm of controversy. Well, it speaks to just how, I guess, right wing this country was in 1986 apparently. that we all loved Ron Sr. And, and we all just said, cool, let's hate black no people. I was, not and, shocked. I was not shocked at all to see him. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, this, this, and, and Reagan, Reagan is the, is the guy that everyone in the Republican party gets turgid just at the mention of right. his name. That's like right. this is, this is one of the most revered That's guys right. ever. And there's his son, Ron Jr. Picking teams. So he's like, Hey, and I like, I like how he's like, come on, like, let me have, let me have this guy, Mark, you already got Leon. Right. You got Washington here on a coin toss. So he'll take Leon. That's Watson. Right. Sorry, Marcus. And, and not only is Mark bad Whoa. at basketball, he's bad at he's bad at just squirting water bottles yes. into his mouth. Yes, he misses. He misses. Well, uh, okay. 
what was he doing there? Why were they there no playing idea. basketball? He's terrible at what it. Like, was he doing? I never played hockey. I wouldn't go try to get in a pickup hockey game. If I was him, I would really avoid the gym at all costs. It wasn't germane to the plot. There's no, no reason for them to be playing and, basketball. Well, they clearly like, had it, never played basketball. Was it and to how many, establish his blackness? Uh, he, and how many, how many basketball games do you have two referees in uniform? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They were at pickup games and like there were referees with whistles and everything. I feel shirts. like he thought he thought I'm black. I have to go play basketball. Also, that's what black people. Also, do. Leon on the other team was eight feet tall. He was basically like Bob McAdoo. Like he was Pretty the sure he was he was on the TV show White Shadow. He was dunking. He was he was dribbling between his legs. Like that guy could play. Mark on the other hand could not play. And uh, let me see if you guys notice this. Yeah, he throws his free throw or his layup like through the window behind the hoop. Like he can't even like hit the rim. He can't hit the backboard. He is can't dribble. He can't do one fucking thing on the basketball court. He oh, I, by, by the way, I just looked it up. Leon was on the White Shadow. His name was Teddy Rutherford. Wow, oh. wow, excellent pull. He had some game. He had some good game. But, yeah, uh, he was good. But let me know, let me know if you guys thought anything of this highlight. Highlight at one point, Mark goes in for a dunk and elevates to the yep. rim. That's right. Only, he, to, only to get the just, ball stuck. But that means he could at least play pretty. I mean, you could play a good right. D. He had massive he hops. To the rim. He was above he the can rim. Jump up that high. He, yeah, excuse my racism, but he could jump like a black guy. Yeah, and just like any other Hollywood movie, Hollywood is filled with a bunch of theater types that weren't athletes, and they always get these athletic scenes wrong. It's like they were overcompensating how ridiculously bad he was. They didn't have to go that far. They didn't have to do that. It was so stupid. He could have just been regular And because it was in slow motion, the scene lasted 15 minutes. All it had to last was like 30 seconds. Yeah, we get it. A great point. The the, the being bad at basketball montage was extended (laughs) forever. It was like a third of the movie. Yes. Very shocking. Yeah, he was 5'11". He's 5'11". I just looked him up. 5'11", and he got to the rim. That, that's exactly pretty right. solid. Yeah. Um, So and and then I, I made a note here just after the scene. It's 36 minutes and 33 seconds into the movie before. And I believe it's the chick from the office that looks at Mark and says to him, there's something strange about you. You're fucking kidding me. You know, there's something really strange about you, and I don't know what it is. Yeah, like a third of the way in. Yes, you were yeah. deep into the movie, and it's the, finally someone looks at this guy and goes, hold on, like, what's going on? Minute. Did this guy wait take tanning minute. pills? Like, right. what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> that doesn't stop her from wanting to bang him, so. It's, yeah, she, well, she likes, you know, she was craving that. She wanted to sow those oats, do something a little different. Um, and, and then we have our first, and this is this is inevitable. At some point, he's going to need to run, and you see this. This was the whole premise of Perfect Strangers when Pete, or not Perfect Strangers, Bosom Buddies. When people <laughs> are pretending to be something they're not, they run into someone from their previous life, and who did they run into? But Julia Louis Dreyfus and Bradley, yep. the boyfriend who's Brad. attending BU, but for some no, reason I, I'm confused by this. Why are they walking the halls of Harvard? Exactly. That's exactly that, that, that they sort of try yeah. to explain a way that he's on the waiting list. Well, you, if you're on the waiting list, doesn't mean you hang out at out. the school, right? And if you're one on person drops out or gets expelled, B Rad is in. That's that's exactly right. Yeah, they 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 set up that plot point that he's got to hold on to his spot because if he doesn't, Brad is going to swing in. Um, and then so let's talk about what. Um, how Mark handles running into these two. Oh, what does excellent, he do? excellent. He goes, he goes full Steve. Yes. Full Stevie Wonder. terrible. He pretends to be deaf Very and blind. Very cringeful moment for me. puts on sunglasses. Does the head, oh. like the head wobble. There's like no music playing, but he's dancing. It's a very, very awkward and slightly racist scene, is it not? Yes. It's a horrible. Well, slight, <laughs> slightly would be a bit of an understatement. Yeah, yeah, that that was a little weird. Uh, and obviously, anybody that knows the guy is going to recognize well, wait, him. Like, ben, of course is, they would know who he was. What does Gordon say that his buddy does? Like, he's like at the a janitor or something? He said he's the police. Like he's, the his security? name's Kareem. He says, this is Kareem. 
Kareem Abdul Ali. Yeah, Kareem Abdul Ali. And, and he's someone's like, is he a Muslim? And then he's like, no, he's Canadian. I'd like you to meet my good friend, Kareem Abdul Ali. Is that a joke? Because there's it's, no black people in Canada. I don't know. It's a very, very awkward. Okay. So none of that dialogue Unfortunate scene. And then, yeah, Jason was right. Then right after this is at the point where he goes and gets sexed by Leslie Nielsen's daughter, who makes the penis size comments. She also made some comment about shades of gray. That's the, hey, there's there's yeah there's no black or white yeah shades of gray which is weird because that became now we have fifty shades of gray right I wonder if that's linked yeah I'm, it's like I, right after she makes that comment about four hundred years of oppression and stuff it for me in in two thousand fifteen and you know I, I I don't consider myself a prudish person at all but it it became it started, it took it went down a path that was just like cringing and uncomfortable and like that scene where he blows off his his new love interest for uh michael's boss on the office and they have dinner with the family and the the fantasies that evolve yeah, from that gets real very racist. Weird. yeah this is, this is when they crank the racism so, up to yeah a- after the sex where she's like i could almost feel all 40 acres and a mule being ejaculated inside of me she they move on to the next scene and that's where he that's, she brings him home to dinner and that oh I feel like God. that was her ulterior motive. She this brings is the him pinnacle she of- brings him into Leslie Nielsen's house for dinner where all of the racism explodes in in the in the form I mean, of all every person at the table it, has has a fantasy about what they picture this guy being. Jason was it was it the mom's fantasy? Where it was that he he was on heroin and eating watermelon. No, no, no. no. Okay, the mom, the mom, let's work up to that. The mom has a fantasy where he has a knife in his teeth and he's an island savage. Yeah, and he's going to rape her. She has she has a rape fantasy about him. The son has a fantasy that he's Prince, where he's playing the guitar on the table table. like in a blouse as Prince. Oh my god, that actually was a funny one. then the, because the dad Prince, Prince isn't even a very black guy. Then the dad has a fantasy where he's in a full he's pimp a, suit where and he's suit. And, and he's eating he's chewing on a watermelon rind where it's it's shocking that it, it I, I just can't even I was like, wait, I had to pause it. I'm like, did I fall asleep? Am right. I having a dream? Is this really because happening? He's in like the pimp suit that you see like at the the um Halloween store, like the, the hat, full the purple big hat, and he's chewing on a watermelon rind, and he's like, "Yo, I'll be pimping your daughter out tonight." Like, talk full ebonics, the whole and thing. She's pregnant. And she, she's pregnant. She's pregnant. That's right. Hey, did I tell you Mark's going to Harvard Law School? Scholarship. Yes. Yes. Look at my heroin and my hypodermic needle, bitch. Here's some more watermelon while you're at it. Yes, dear. White fat ass slut. What you looking at? Yeah, and sure. and I would point out the the younger brother, his uh, his head is way too big for his frame. There's something odd yes. about the younger brother. Yes. He looks like, <laughs> that's hey. that's the the least most concerning part of this entire scene. But you're right. I I would say you're right. It's probably a little bit heavy. And also, let's not forget who is serving them the food. A black, a black guy right. with, right. with tops and tails. Yeah. They have servants. Yeah, he have, basically it looks like a slave. Yeah, it's like so, a plantation style. Right. So the the pimp in this dream sequence, the father's dream sequence, by far the most racially charged of the uh, fantasies. He's chewing he, on a he, watermelon rind. Yeah, the, the talking pimp, about the, heroin. Yes. Yeah, the, the pimp is uh, played by uh, Mark. Says, "Go get my heroin to his daughter. Go get my heroin and my hypodermic needle." Bitch. That's right. That's right. And then he that's says, right. "And get me some more watermelon while you are at it, white fat ass slut." I mean, things took a fucking yes, turn. It was a weird. The actual fuck happened. It was the writer had some some axe to grind. Yes, it was very very jarring yeah, to it say was the like, least. Whoa. <laughs> it took a turn. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so then, it, and then we learned that he's blown off the the attractive. Yeah, the girl the he liked, he had he had finally agreed to study with him, and he completely blew her off to go to that dinner, and then apparently didn't remember that he had a date with her. Very weird turn, and, also, and this not is believable. Another like real movie trope is the person getting um, stood up in the library yeah. for for, for she was study, sitting there on the couch. Also, 
baller library, like big, soft leather couches. It would be hard oh, to study Harvard. in there. It's Harvard. Yeah, that's true. Every scene, a- she has like a, some very weird like headband situation <laughs> on for yeah. a while yeah, that's before true. she gives that's us true. And of course, he's in the library like the next scene or something, and through the books, as he's taking a book off the shelf, are the two racist uh, buddies, and one of them's telling one of his very yes. uh, basic racial jokes, and he Black looks to joke. him with a wink again. He's like, ah, no what? offense, right, buddy, or something like that? What are the odds? What are the odds that yeah. that guy has is, yeah. happens to be giving a one-liner on yeah. cheesy I forget. What does Mark say to those guys every time? Um, I think, no offense. Yeah, no offense. I think, yeah, no offense. No offense. Something like that. Yeah, no yeah. offense. No problem. Because yeah. it's a tie-in at the end. Yeah, yeah. He, but he's starting. He's starting to to see a little bit of what it's like to be a black person because right. even though he got those guys off the hook, they're he, still doing you can it. Tell he's a little irritated. Yeah, just a tad bit true. irritated with them. Well, but but what what we learn right here is right after the the that he stands her up then she's pissed at him and he he shows up at the cafeteria where she works even though the daughter of Leslie Nielsen I don't think goes to Harvard Law follows him <laughs> into the right. the dining hall of Harvard Law which I'm not sure that law students still do the same dining hall thing no. but she's anyway a political science and, major yeah. and you you find out that she's worked so she doesn't get the scholarship and how she's going to pay for $54,000 is to work at a dining hall. A minimum yeah. wage cafeteria yeah. job. I mean, that, how is that ever going to pay for it? Oh. There's no booze being served. Like yeah. That's the worst job. Yeah, do. why would you get, get, go get a bartending job? That that's not the only thing she has to pay for. We'll get to George. Another black stereotype, the only the black girl working her way through college with the with the, mom. the child. Single yeah. mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he, we see at this point he starts having black eye problems. Um he well at first <laughs> it turns he for some what reason are his black despite eye despite getting accepted to Harvard, he's a fucking shit student. He only has one class. He gets his paper handed back. C he's plus. a C fucking C plus. plus. Also, like pretty rude just to put the put the <laughs> yeah. grades right on there as you hand them out. She gets she gets an A minus. He gets a C plus. And his black eye problems start. He gets arrested. He's for some reason he's. Well, that's the most. That's I said the other part was the most realistic. This is the most right. Realistic. Well, he's dr- he's driving. Shadowing. He's driving while black in Boston. Super bad idea. He gets arrested. He goes to the cell, and what? It's a bunch of Celtics fans, white guys, like a softball team, in the cell with him. They promptly kick his ass. Uh, what else happens? Uh, well, well, the 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 part about that jail scene is. I'm not sure what they got thrown in jail for, but I think they kind of give it away because they say, what are you in for? And then he says, what are you guys in for? And they all, and one of the guys says, we lost to a bunch of N-bombs. Yeah, and they, they say the actual so word. So is that they why say- they're in jail? They just beat the crap out of the other yes. team after they lost to them? Yeah. Yeah. This movie's PG. Yeah, that's so right. You're, that's you're supposed that's right. You're supposed <laughs> You're supposed to bring a 12-year-old where where softball teams are saying. I I um I remember seeing this movie in the theater oh, and I was in 6th grade. Yeah. My parents took you me. Did. Yes. This this movie actually made 25 million dollars at the box yeah, office. I remember seeing it in like 4th grade with my parents. Kate, did this movie make it no, down under? No, the Did they make a remake with Yahoo Serious were, as an Abba? I don't remember yeah, this movie. Too many Yahoo Serious. I don't remember this movie when it came out. So it probably might, maybe Did, it didn't play maybe, in Australia. Maybe they remade it with it Yahoo first, Serious as Aboriginal Man. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time I saw it on Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Kate was not aware of Soul Man really at all. No. Until two nights ago. Uh, okay, so he's having black eye problems. So he gets arrested. He can't get out of jail, and that, that makes him late for class. He shows up all beat up to class. He uh, shows up at the end of class with a black eye. Yeah, and no assignment. He has no paper to Not turn sure in. Why he bothered? And this is up. and this at this point, this is where James Earl Jones sort of contradicts himself because he's like, "Where's your paper, Mister Watson?" And he's like, "Look, he's like, I got beat up. I got my ass kicked by white guys. I got arrested for no reason." He's like, "You of all people should understand. Get it? Because they're both black." Right. Yeah. He's starting to understand the black experience, and James Earl Jones is like, "Look." He's like, if you need to work twice as hard, he's like, there's no excuses. He's like, if you need to work twice as hard as these whiteies, mm-hmm. 
then that's what you got to do. do. But then immediately after saying that, he he gives him a break and says, okay, just uh, turn your paper in tomorrow at 9 (laughs) a.m. Yeah. Like a big big contradiction there where you got to work. After Thanksgiving break, he says, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Right. Yes, exactly. Uh, Okay. Then they, he ends up he, – he begins to fall in love with Sarah and she starts to feel him. And this was really the moment of the movie Doing for me. Doing the, the R&B study montage. But this, this is the amazing yeah. thing. She, <laughs> she becomes inspired because some weird guy that is, has already insulted her by showing up in, in fatigues. That's right. He's, he, he's studying hard one night and she's like, oh, this guy's got something I'm interested but in. But also yeah. he's not even studying that hard. He falls asleep. Like in his book at one point. Yeah, he oh, and so does she. But he like wakes her up, and oh. then he um he's a very cute. He's real. Like, study he's, montage. he's good with her kid George, and, and that's that's an eighties staple. What Kate just brought up. Every movie in the eighties had one of two things: one, a boat racing finale, yeah. or two, a study montage. <laughs> they all true. had one or the other. Yeah. You had to study your ass off. So then, then George she, is the real star of the movie. By the way, she has him to dinner so at her house, and this is where we learn that. He, no, but first, he goes to the cafeteria and sits at a table. Where I, I made a note of this because it was so creepy. Yeah, he sits at a table and is charming with five-year-old George, right. who we learn yes. is Radon Chan's son. But uh, two things: one. He was named George in the in the year 1981, which I'm pretty sure that that was about 30 years after the last George. Was that's true. That's true. But then, two, uh, there were empty tables in that cafeteria, yeah. and he chose to sit down with a five year old. This is table. a great point. Like I, I'm, I applaud him being nice with a kid. Like there's there's something charming about that. But there's no 22-year-old man that's supposed to just sit next to a five-year-old. <laughs> By choice. Like, that's just – that's not cool. Like you stay the fuck away of from course. a five-year-old. Absolutely. Yeah. You leave that little kid alone or you're, you're – unless you're a pedo. Yeah, that's a very good point. So – but she, she starts to warm up to him based on his association with the kid. He, he ends up going to dinner at her house and for some reason like her parents or grandparents – Grandparents. Like, like live in Boston – yeah, but, she's from San Diego, but she's got a lot of relatives from Boston. Right, and she, but she she announces a couple things. One, she goes, she, we learned that he got her scholarship. Oh, she's like, oh, you're the one. Right. And she's like, I, it starts to snow, and there's snow all over the ground. And she's like, this is the first time I've ever seen snow. And I'm like, well, what about all that shit that's all piled up around you? And then <laughs> – that's true. She did. She hadn't yeah, seen. She apparently had to she get had on the ground. She never. Yeah, she never looks down. She only she like looks. Eye, she had her eyes closed for the previous three and a half weeks. Yeah. So she only looks up, and then the snow starts falling. First, we learn that he's from LA, and he got the scholarship. And she points out that if he hadn't have got that scholarship, she would have received it because they would have opened it up. Jason, to- Jason what was the technicality? Yeah, the technicality is that if not if if there aren't any uh, if there aren't the requisite number of blacks getting yes. a scholarship yeah. in, in Los Angeles, the default city is San mm-hmm. Diego. Seems like a standard plot. Yeah. Yes, yes. It, well, they made it work, and, and then <laughs> and then you know, in the writers' room at the last minute, they're like, "Wait a second, how yeah. how can we how can we tie this all in?" It's like. We just shoehorn this plot it's line very, out was, of nowhere. It was very strange. That's so sophisticated. Then, then the snow starts to fall on his. It doesn't cl- melt on his clown wig, right. and it doesn't. Right. It, it doesn't like melt. It, it just, doesn't melt. It just, it's like that fake um, movie the, snow that they had. The fakest. It's the type of it's it's department store train set. Right. Snow. It looks yeah. It looks like feathers <laughs> falling down, and to so Sarah looks at him longingly, and she goes, and she sees all the snow falling on him, and she says. You're turning white. Best line of the movie for my <laughs> yeah, money. Very money. much enjoyed it. And, bef- and we also have to we also have to add that if, as long as Ed was was listening to the thing the cliched things in every '80s movie, what did they make out to a sax solo? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's- there was so much saxophone. Yes. They- the '80s movies were just. Sax full of sax. So now that we, now that they've they've fallen in love, he's having second thoughts about what he's done. He's he's made her life more difficult. Although she's still at Harvard, like he could have got a this job in the, the first cafeteria. Time we see that he has oh, a bit and, of a conscience. And let's also bring up just timing wise. I mean, 
look, maybe I shouldn't be shooting holes through timing when we've talked about this plot, but he has the moment where he has to overcome the, uh, he has to overcome the professor doubting him. And then he gets the extension over Thanksgiving weekend. And she mentions on that night, there's 10 days until finals. So in 10 days, (laughs) in 10 days, not only does he like, he go from being a pariah to her to like her falling in love. It takes 10 days for, of him studying hard that's yeah. for them to that's fall in love. Like that's 10 yeah. days. Yeah. Also, you she, she finds him to be a, a complete shithead. Also, you only go to class twice a week. So no, but this class they're, they're there for eight hours. A oh, day. that's true. Yeah, that's right. He only has the one class. This is, a, this it's is the little 80s. house on the Things prairie. are accelerated. So we, we sort of reached the climax of the movie. The, Everything comes to a head like it does in all 80s movies and all 80s sitcoms, for that matter, where everybody shows up at the wrong time. Right. He's he's at his apartment. Uh, it's th- like a Tarantino movie with guns drawn, except no guns are drawn. It's just a lot of, lot of slapstick. This is so sitcom to me, Le- this scene. Le- Leslie Nielsen's daughter is there because she wants to get fucked even more, even though he has clearly treated her like shit the entire time. You think she would have been like shit and he's not well enough. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't he doesn't have he's not packing the heat she expected him to be packing. So you figure she'd she'd be disappointed and maybe move on to one of the other black guys at Harvard, but no, she's still into Mark. Uh, she shows up. Out of nowhere, his parents show up, Doogie Hauser's dad and his wife, not in a Fila suit at this point, but they, they're on their way back from Barbados. They're, everyone shows up to the apartment. Then Sarah shows up, and weird layout in the apartment. Like, there's two front doors. I was very, That's very— right. Gordon's was, running interference on one front door, and the dad walks in on the other. He's, he's, he's very confused, and then he does something very weird to not— so his parents wouldn't see him as a— fake black guy what does he do to hide his appearance he throws on a ski mask like why would you have and who has yeah, a why, ski why, mask yeah why i mean i i guess in the 80s it was still acceptable to wear it in non-robbery situations no, was he knocking over 7-elevens on the weekend i have a big question about this scene ask let's let go ahead ask the question this is it's a very confusing scene a very difficult climax to comprehend what about his hands he had gloves on he oh, put, he did. He put on gloves. He talked about it being cold. There was a. I feel like there was enough of a cutout around the eyes yes, you where you could see, see yes, black skin. You could see his blackness, his well, tanness underneath the ski mask. He seemed eyes. like he was on drugs. Here's here's a real jarring part of the scene. Um, when when the sexed up Leslie Nielsen daughter was curled up on his bed, when you look across at his room, there was a framed America's Cup poster on the wall. So he was <laughs> he was a huge fan of just sailing in yeah, general. Yachting. Just sailing. Yes, like, like, like yachting. Like most black guys, he loved yachting. Black guys, yeah. Yeah. He uh he also there was a they threw on a Beach Boys. Right. She record. put, she well, put was, on a Beach this was Boys. A nice album. part of the movie. Yeah. Where they established that the Beach Boys While Beach he's Boys. talking to Sarah, right. the Beach Boys start playing uh, and he feels the need to have to explain uh, why he That's right. No, because no black, black man no black guy would ever would listen to the Beach the Boys. Beach Boys. There's no, there's no man on earth who would and like. And then he says California something like, girls. "That's right." I'm a fan of their funkier stuff. That's right. Yeah, that, yeah, that was his joke. He's like, "I, I mostly only listen to their funkier stuff." Yeah, <laughs> uh, another um, very racist. So then, yeah, it comes to a head eventually. I don't know. I got kind of bored by this point, but eventually, <laughs> he's busted, right? Eventually, he has to reveal himself to everyone. Wait, right. But well, hang on, he gets he gets an eviction notice. Like finally, they. Victim, and I'm wondering what on what grounds because he was, yes. they threw he was the black. daughter out onto the, the fire escape, and the landlord, the the, the guy that yeah. is that some yeah, I, I is mean, that a I lease get, violation? No, what happens is town. the guy that um like the superintendent guy yeah, Roy Roy sees her being he sees it, but I get put out of the window, town, and he immediately calls sure. her dad and says, yeah. "Your daughter is boning right. the black guy, right. and that's but, why he gets evicted." Well, the Ed, it's but Boston. Legally, legally well, I mean, maybe maybe in Boston there's some sort yeah, of it's a, uh, interracial sex ban, but like, yeah, this, this was this was a. If you go to Harvard Law, you probably know you can get away with you, you, not. You think you're probably pretty versed on on renters' rights. 
being right. a, and the being eviction a notice shows up and it's all like old English font. Yeah, the, the eviction notice is on like parchment, <laughs> it's and it's like it's like by royal decree <laughs> like, of the, the landlord, wax, you wax are hereby seal. evicted <laughs> from the residence at three eleven <laughs> Oxford <laughs> Street. <laughs> Uh yeah, that was that was very weird. Also, he gets evicted. And it was produced pretty quickly, right? He <laughs> yes, yes, it same, just, same it day. just happened <laughs> literally in minutes. Quill, somebody had a quill in the. Uh, right. in the it was <laughs> delivered by Raven. Event so, same day. So to like sum up the entire scene, though, you have you have this guy Mark who isn't very likable anyways, and he's getting away with murder the entire movie. He gets simultaneously found out. By this woman he has fallen in love with for screwing the white chick because she comes back into the room, remember? That's right. And he reveals that he's been acting black. Yeah. And, and, and right, and his parents see him when he forgets to put the ski mask on. He runs into the kitchen and his yes. his dad immediately thinks he's gonna mug the mom and, yes. and rape the mom or something. So they don't recognize his son. Is just wearing a mask and it's a little bit dark. <laughs> yes, I yes, mean not yes. mask, a wig. Yes, he's yes. just wearing a wig. Yes. And it's also, they can't, they can't recognize their own son. Back. Honor's boiling. Get back, Dorothy. I'll handle this. I'm warning you. I'm, I'm armed. What's happening, brother? Get down! Get down! Looking good, mama. Looking good. Well, I got to be going now. Did he have an iPhone? Features. Yeah, Kate, go ahead. Also, when Sarah, um, when they're all in the same room and he introduces Sarah, he's taking the mask off and he says, these are my parents. Like her first thought isn't like, oh, you're right, adopted. He's adopted. Yeah, because he still like, has. Did a, they not yeah. have adoption yes. in the 80s? Yeah. Like that's her. She immediately freaks out and leaves. Yes. Also, yeah, right? pretty racist. Like, I mean. Yeah, what? you would just Those be like, be oh, parents? he's adopted. No big deal. Obviously, like, they're not your biological right, parents, right. but like, calm down. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, and then, it didn't. And then the real racism, racism ensues when the um, when he tells his parents that he turned black, <laughs> and then the the is it the mother yes. that needs help gets short. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. She gets the vapors. Yes, yes. If her son turned <laughs> black, mom, dad, I'm black. It's like the worst possible thing that could happen. Yeah, absolutely. Also, his dad takes all the money that he set aside. Like he's told him he had a trust and he, his dad's obviously a real rich guy. And he's like, I took the money from your trust and bought a timeshare in Barbados. How did this fucking guy get rich? Timeshares are the worst fucking investment you can make. Worst scam ever. When I was, when I was uh, on my honeymoon, for like it was like a five hundred dollar credit if if you sat through a timeshare presentation for an hour and I did it and it wasn't worth it <laughs> for five hundred dollars and and like it was like a lot of heavy handed questions to be like tell me do you like taking vacations <laughs> do do you do you like Hawaii yes. like just bullshit like that and you're like yeah and then at the end of the hour they're like oh we still have four hours to go. And they're like, well, I only signed up for yeah. an hour, but like, I'm out of time here. shares are a complete it's the worst. Scam it's, it's garbage. W- there's no other thing you buy that's immediately valueless. Like, you cannot. You have to pay somebody <laughs> to take it from you. Uh, the two seconds right. after you buy the it, worst. you figure his dad would know better than to buy a timeshare right? in Barbados. That was a very weird. But then again, point. he may he may have made that decision upside down on his exercise. That's machine. true. So he, was, <laughs> he his the blood was rushing to his head. He didn't know what he right. was doing. Last last investment he, was, he made before he got he rid of that. He might have been smoking crack with Alf's dad at the yeah, time. Maybe, you never know. Maybe. Uh, so every, uh, as always, as always happens in all movies, and especially movies in the eighties, everything turns out fine. He apologized. Oh, there's there's something that always happens in eighties movies. There's a courtroom scene, or there's some sort of tribunal right. where he's defended by Gordon, and and eventually Gordon, Gordon did a great job Gordon gets he did. to put his lawyers yeah. lawyering he, skills he, he lawyers up for him uh James Earl Jones it, is the judge and I might add that he comes in with his sunglasses on that, that's true and, and and a really bad tie and a very 80s suit yeah. can we blame him for the color of his skin uh and then James Earl Jones like pretty much like not too heavy-handed of a judge he's like I think I I think you finally know what it feels like to be black. And then um Mark has this big come to Jesus moment where he's like, 
yeah. He's like, you'd think so, sir. And then he kind of looks down. He goes, but the thing is, if I didn't like it, I could always get out of it. You must have learned a great deal more than you bargained for through this experience, Mr. Watson. Yes, sir. Mr. Watson, a Harvard Law graduate can do a great many things. Make a lot of money. Teach. Become a senator. A judge. A Harvard Law graduate. As power, Mr. Watson. I hope that I teach my students to use that power responsibly, even generously. But you've learned something that I can't teach them. You've learned what it feels like to be black. No, sir. Beg your pardon? I don't really know what it feels like, sir. If I didn't like it, I'd always get out. It's not the same, sir. You've learned a great deal more than I thought. Oh, this is yeah. this. this Unlike this if you're clip, really black. This cl- clip should be played for, uh, what's her name? Rachel Dolezal? That's right. That's right. Right? <laughs> it's very I mean, prescient. Uh, it's very this, prescient in this moment. This, yes. This movie is completely ridiculous and couldn't play today. Yes. But, but we actually have somebody who's head of the chapter of the NAACP who was just claiming. And then, like, when called on it, now she's doubling down and saying, yes, I identify myself as black. Yeah. Yes. She, she has Complete a standing yes. weekly dark tanning appointment. That's right. That's exactly. Well, she didn't have the pills. She didn't have Seth's right. pills in her defense. That's right. Same she, thing. Did, she didn't know she Seth has the, with the She has the equivalent. She, also, those, those spray tans, in my experience, I've never had one, but I know people that have. They're very stinky. She must have smelled terrible no, all the time. No, because you can pay extra to get the stuff that makes is it that not true? smell. Does that mean the people I know that have had those have not paid extra? Because it's like another ten bucks. Yeah, it's very smelly when you get that powder yeah, they, sprayed on you. They smell terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Is there is there anything else? First of all, well, hey, hang on. You're, oh, yes. you're yes. missing the, the big courtroom scene. Yes. Where Melora yes. Harton. Right. Oh, on, this is the uh, moves on to the forty-seven-year-old Indian. I guess the best part of the movie. Yes, she, see if this had been played as a farce, if this had been it played been as really a satire, funny. it would have been this, so it, right. That, that was that was like almost like airplane. Let's explain to everyone yes, what happens. She, she, she comes, comes to court first with of her all, new every, paramour. She doesn't go to Harvard Law. Every, first of all, yeah, she every, to to everybody that's a character in the movie is apparently. Invited to this tribunal, everyone, Bradley and Julie Louis uh, Dreyfus. Yeah, everyone's heard about it. Yeah. She yeah. turns up with her new paramour, yeah. who is yes. a 50-something-year-old Native American yeah. he's, with braids. He's the guy with the tear yeah, from the litter the, commercial. He's the litter guy. Yeah. Probably he's, has some turquoise jewelry on. Yes, he's got he's got a, a jean jacket. Like, he's really, he's a proper Indian. Right. And... He was just I dancing don't think for weather. And they, they made it seem like he didn't speak English. Yeah. He, for some he was like, oh, reason. me oh, no right. understand him, oh, white right. man trial. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, she was, uh, I don't blame her. She's doing a tour I of the races. reservations. Yeah, <laughs> she, it's part of her sociological yeah, she, experiment. She's going she's around the conducting. world, so to speak. Good for her, you know? Yeah. She's, she's having a taste of everything. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with a bit of travel. Uh, <laughs> So yes, very and she gives the the line the the shades of gray. That's right. And, and she goes, "There's no wasn't brown or, or red or white. There's only shades of pink." Oh, is that what she, she said? Yeah, she gives the oh same line God. that she says, "There's no black or white. Uh, there's shades of gray." Okay. She goes, "There's no red or white. There's shades of pink." She okay. really, if you really go back and look at it, all of her scenes are sort of the best scenes in the movie. Like they, if they had sort of structured the movie, the whole movie, the based around how her scenes went, it could have been sort of a funny, farcical uh, rate, comment, allegory on race relations. And But obviously it wasn't that. It was, you know, played to be cute. Um, okay. I think, that, I think that wraps up everything that happened in the movie. Does anybody have anything they'd like to add? What Ed? about the end scene? Get the climax. I was going to say, dude. 
Now, now, now he's switching. So he lost the scholarship, and yes. he makes the agreement that he's going to give her all his money, and he's going to, you know, pay it off, and then and donate he, a percentage of his future right, earnings. That's right, fifteen percent. Right. And then he's going to, because now he's in real debt, he's going to take her job. Right. He's that's going right. to once that's again the work minimum best wage. Way. Yeah. To make some good well, it, dough, yeah, the, is to work yes. at the cafeteria. Yeah. And then he get and, he gets a job at the cafeteria, and that is when the the two yeah. uh, whimsical Harvard law students tell their rudimentary black jokes in the cafeteria, yeah. and his C. Thomas Howell at five ten, you say, and Wayne like one hundred and forty wet. I'd say about one hundred and forty. Yeah. yeah, some somehow is able to turn a punch to the face into them being thrown across They're the okay. room. flying through but, the air. But I I know why they did it, and I I've I've I put two and two together here. Tell us. So I I did some research, but I've quoted the IMDb fun facts page, and I noticed <laughs> C. Thomas Howell, his father Chris Howell. Oh, that's right. Did right. the stunts for the movie, that's and right. I was thinking stunts for the movie. <laughs> what stunts? They're, they're sitting they're sitting in classrooms and cafeterias the whole time. What are the stunts? And then at the end of the movie, these guys tell racist jokes. He punches them in the face, and they both go flying into tables. Those were the stunts. I'm sure he's like, hey, my dad really could use some work. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. he, needs, he, needs, he needs something to pay the bills this, this month. This also explains Gordon falling off the Hermosa Beach Pier. Right. Oh, right. Yes. Like that. Somebody so, had to do that stunt. Great so point. Chris, Chris Howell, like, is Bloody, like love right, choreographing. Hey, Tell, tell you what, I will fly 17 feet backwards off of a straight right hook. The, and so that's where Chris Howell came Good point. Play. And in case you weren't sure that these guys were injured, he knocks them both out across a table and they both come up. One guy has like mashed potatoes smeared across his face yeah, yeah. and another guy has some sort of dressing. Like they both, they both yeah, ended of, up. Covered in food. A lot of food. food fights in the 80s. <laughs> yes, a lot, of, a lot of food on the face. Yeah, that's how you know you're you And really can I reiterate? Fuck someone George, yeah. George is pretty much the cutest kid on he's earth. He's so really, he's really cute. All yeah. of that happened it. in front of the kid, by the way. That's this, true. like act of violence that should have gotten him yeah. thrown in jail. But this is what this is my thing. So I guess him kicking those two race, racist joke-telling guys' ass uh, him now working as a busboy in the very establishment she worked at, him telling her that he's given her the money, and him basically revealing that he's white. All these despicable things that he did to her, on top of the fact that he was screwing the white chick uh, on, the, on the down low, and all of a sudden, in the last 30 seconds of the movie, she forgives him, and they're going to live happily ever after? Well, there's also a good thing where she tells George when they're like discussing, they're hashing it out, and she goes, "Here's a quarter, George. Go put something on the jukebox." And and like <laughs> a five year old boy walks over, and it, it's a good song, but he puts on "Pain in My Heart" by Otis Redding. Yeah. Well, that's a, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, George is great, like a seven year old black great man song, like, in the five year old's body. Yeah. yeah. She named him a seventy year old, and then he became a seventy year old. <laughs> right. 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 That's, that was very impressive. Yeah, in the end, he gets off very light. Radon Chong lets him off the hook. James Earl Jones lets him off the hook. Like, he was pretty much so, a fucking asshole when you so think about it. So what's the lesson learned? Trample over minorities. That's right. And it'll work out. Cheat, it'll, it'll, it'll work out. Cheat your way to the end. Step on people that need the most help because you're a privileged white guy from Beverly Hills that doesn't want to work in the cafeteria to pay your way through Harvard Law School. He's an awful human being. He is. Okay. And as I mentioned, I've been, I've been watching it on mute while we're doing this. And uh, Ray Dawn is looking pretty solid in she that looks final good. scene. Yeah. She's, she's a good-looking chick. Yeah. She, and, and fun fact, these two not only fell in love in the movie, they fell yes. in love in real life and were later <laughs> married. Yeah, they eked out a four-year marriage before That's she funny. realized, I'm, I'm married to somebody whose first name is C. C, yeah, what, do, what did she call? <laughs> okay, I need, I need a rating here. Score of 1 to 10, Kate McManus. What is your rating for the movie Soul Man? Oh, that's hard. I'm going to give it a 5.5. 5. 5.5, right in the middle. She actually has it right in the same place that IMDb does. Uh, Ed Daly, your rating for Soul Man. What do you give it? 
I'll give it a six. I, it's it has its moments. I'll give it a six, but yeah, it, it's it's got its many horrible moments too. Ed Daly or uh, Jason Stewart, your thoughts? What your rating? It, one to ten. My, my 2015 rating. It it wouldn't even make it into a a, a pitch meeting. Right. I have I have to give it a what Rotten Tomatoes I think gave it. That's like a one point three. One out of ten, 1.3. 1.3, Jason Stewart <laughs> with a very low rating. I'll be honest. I was sort of entertained by this movie. I didn't mind it very much. I thought I thought she it, did was, laugh. it was it was it was <laughs> there was some funny parts. It was not sometimes, nearly sometimes the humor was unintentional. It was not nearly as horrible as I expected it to be. Yes, it's a it's a the most incredibly stupid idea that I could ever imagine. Obviously, somebody did mountains of cocaine before coming up with this, but I'll tell you right now, I enjoyed it. I give it a seven. <laughs> Excellent movie. I, I recommend it. Thumbs up from Brian Beckner on Soul Man. Okay, last round. Let's go around the room. Kate McManus, your thoughts, final thoughts on the Soul Man and the review of the movie Soul Man. Um. I think it's obviously a very important movie, and C. Thomas Howell has said that he feels like there were deep, deep issues that were confronted that's in right, the movie. That's right. It was. It was. And he's very proud movie. of it. He's he's proud that he was a part of it. He didn't really do much. I think he did side out after this, and also I, I would not recommend Google image searching, or if you're Jason Stewart, <laughs> Bing image. Uh, I would definitely not recommend looking at images of C. Thomas Howell today because he looks to to put it nicely, weathered. I want to know what he does, but he was actually pretty good. You ever see that show Southland about like LA cops? I did not I did not I believe that was on TNT. I don't I could never find that channel. Pretty solid. He was actually good as like I think he played like a you know weathered old cop but he was pretty solid on it. He's, he he definitely was a pretty good actor. What uh, studio made this? I feel like they're uh, they want to do some produced, new, new line or one of those. It was produced by Steve Tisch, who's like a big time producer. Yeah, like yeah, this, he owns a lot of New York buildings. Yeah, I just want to let you guys know. I googled he owns the Giants. I think. Wow. I googled yeah. Cabbage Patch Babies dolls on eBay, and there's tons. If you guys want to, oh, what are they going for? What, just, what, what can so we, we get? Anywhere from, from like, like our dads five ninety nine yeah. to this vintage one that's like ninety dollars. Ninety so. bucks. Wow, Cabbage Patch dolls. Uh, okay, Ed Daly, your final thoughts on Soul Man? Anything to add? Um, I I googled hoping that uh, the the actor that played George would turn into somebody and. Sadly, his last role was uh, on a couple episodes of Highway to Heaven in 1988. But the cool thing about George is his name is Jonathan Fudge Leonard. Stop it. Fudge? (laughs) Wow. Wow. His nickname is Fudge. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's racist or not. It feels racist. Not sure. Uh, Okay. Jason, Jason Stewart, your thoughts? What, anything to add on the on the movie Soul Man from nineteen? I'm probably going to be repetitive here, but I'm 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 really shocked that this movie was ever deemed accessible in, in any time after the Civil War. Um, so I I, I it, I'm so stunned. I might have to watch it again just to see if I missed something because the satire is lost on me. There, it wasn't funny. It, then it tried to become a social commentary movie. If C. Thomas Howe was proud of this, I I would strongly question his moral character. They were trying hard. They were trying hard. They, they were really going for something, but unfortunately they didn't go for it enough. Um, as I said, this movie would have, I really feel like if it had been done as, as a farce, as a satirical movie where they really, really went for it, the whole Indian thing, like there was, a, there was things that worked for me in this movie. Um, I, I enjoyed it and I, it could have been done a lot better, obviously. Um, that said, I just typed in four words into Google search, Google image, or if you're Jason Stewart, you'd be using Bing image. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I just typed in Radon Chong naked. Radon Chong nude. And yeah. she has been naked in movies before. She had a fit little body on her back in the 80s. Um, so if that's your one takeaway from this podcast, I hope you do what <laughs> I just did and Google Radon Chong 
nude. Um, oh, so did I. Yeah, everybody, everybody, I really appreciate Ray. it. This this was a labor of love. We've, we've been wanting to do this for a while. I'm stoked that you guys could all get together and do this for us. I hope that listeners can appreciate it. It's interesting that we've been talking about doing this for a while, and and with the whole Rachel Dolezal thing, it all kind of worked out because there's a real-life soul man Wait, out there. You can't say this movie couldn't have happened today yes. because it just did. Yeah, and two weeks ago you could <laughs> you could have said that it couldn't have happened, but now we've seen that it it, it has happened and it does happen once a week spray tans not tanning pills um so excellent job everybody i appreciate it for special guest jason stewart for fancy sauce and for ed daly i'm brian beckner this has been a special episode of the baller lifestyle podcast from theballerlifestyle.com we will see you next week Goodbye. Thanks for listening. See y'all.